0: This morning we're going to be looking at, technically this is the first Sunday of Lent, some of this I had intended to share last Sunday. To say, um, sorry, I'm trying to mind my words. We, it is, it is um, a- an incredibly important season in the church calendar, and as is the case, I am so grateful for everything that God has has brought us through, and and the uh, the places that we've been, but. There are some I'm a little bit ashamed of, if I'm being very honest, and I'm using shame and not, you know, don't throw a Bible at me. I know we talk about being no shame, but there are things that I I regret to some degree, and one of those things is that we as as a people um, did not embrace the seasons Pride That says that we don't need to align to the church tradition that's been going on for 2,000 years because we're spiritual is maybe an unprecedented level of spiritual arrogance. So um, I'm saying that to myself, not to critique any of you, but to myself. Because I kind of, when I saw those things, I thought that was old, dead religion. And what I didn't realize is that there is a depth that is there. And and you want to talk about partnering with with the saints that have went before us. Literally, the thing that aligns the church of today to the church of, foundationally as well as the church ahead of us, is the Eucharist and the calendar. Those are the only two things that every professing Christian does. It's kind of a big deal. Um, So, um, we are, this is our first, this past uh, winter was our first Advent as a church, um and uh, advent season and this is now our first lent season and hopefully for some of those uh, of you who are maybe here maybe watching um that grew up um in more of a catholic stream or a high church stream um hopefully this is a little bit redemptive to go you know what not all that stuff was totally crazy now i understand uh that that the pope became an idol i get it but i also understand that if I'm humble enough to admit it, my Bible was an idol, just like the Pope was for the Catholics. We just had a paper Pope. And so they did whatever the Pope said, because what the Pope said was the words of God. that starts essentially 40 days before Easter. And one of the most important reasons, in my opinion, for us as a Western uh, American, if you want to use that term, church, to embrace a season like Lent is because we don't and in time that truly invites indulgence comes, that's our normal. We live in a society where I don't just have to, um, so, um, you know, there are many, many, many shows this way now. Next Tuesday at 9 p.m. on ABC to see what happens in House of Cards. I give you a season at a time. Excess. I don't have to wait. Now, here's an, they've got the uh, Grub Hub or something like that. Okay? yourself and feel horrible and not have to leave your home. Um, this is the world we live in. Anything I want. Ow. I get ticked off when I can't get something Amazon Prime. Because in a 48-hour window, I want whatever it is I'm looking at. Right? In fact, now they have AM, same day Amazon When we were, Tom and I spent the weekend we did this whole meditation thing in in bloomington this weekend and and um tried to do our our best to really tick off as many uh, religious Christians as possible uh by doing things like meditating um and uh and then telling the live stream nation about it um so the uh the thing that I found was funny is we asked them where should we go eat okay which first of all the all the the people working at the hotel desk were should go eat walkable and cheap are the only two things that come into their mind in fact two of the restaurants they mentioned were followed by now they only take cash <laughs> right um so that's the mentality so we kind of laughed at all of that but literally they mentioned like five restaurants and none of them were traditional american food Thai food, I can have traditional uh, Mongolian food, I can have traditional Greek food, I can have uh, Turkish food, all of this right now. We live in the most consumer driven, indulgent age ever to occur. So, Easter, where we're supposed to celebrate and feast, we don't know how to do it. So I spent my life, if I'm just being honest, not really getting that excited about the resurrection. I'm just being honest, and I'm sorry, I'm a pastor, I'm not supposed to say that, but it's just the reality, because all of my life is supposed to be things that bring me happiness and make me feel good. called narcissism we live in the most narcissistic age ever i want every interaction and everything and every moment of my day to bring me happiness and so when there is a time where we're supposed to rejoice and 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 really do it well we don't really do it know how to do it well so then we have to kind of work ourselves up into celebrating the iconic thing of the church So Lent is about preparing yourself, because until you fast well, you can't feast well. So they built into our calendar a 40-day fast to prepare ourselves to feast, celebrate. And um, as we know it, interestingly enough, the word Lent literally just means 40. closest thing to Lent that we had i cleaned out of the dryer um a couple times a day um so we didn't really have and that wasn't a celebration um but the this thought was they said okay there needs to be a 40 day fast now the second thing about Lent that's really interesting is it's it's originally one. the greek word means um spring tide or spring season so it's supposed to start at the darkest let me just tell you, there is nothing that will tick me off more than snow in March. Like, it's over. We're done with it. At this point, like, darkness and long days and cold weather and snow. Like, January, I can still feel it a little bit, like I'm with it. February, all right, you're like, you're wearing on me. March, this is spring, and I'm over it. church calendar plays into that reality by having us start this fast at the the winter solstice and having us start this fast at the time when it's dark longer and when it's cold and when we're irritable and when we're frustrated and we're done with winter and we're done with cold and we're done with snow and all that stuff is going on i don't know how these people in california celebrate Lent, but this is how we do it in indiana by golly so this idea that we, as a people, enter into the season to prepare our hearts for the Easter, the resurrection, the time when we come into this moment of celebrating what Jesus has done. And so Lent is, is really something interesting because it's actually a late development in the embrace of that within the church calendar. It's a late development in the church, like fifth or sixth century, which that's Of our practices, we got in the last hundred years, like the millennial rain and Holy Ghost car washes. But um, I don't know where that came from. But uh, the all of that stuff is stuff that's recent. But for the the church at large to say something was embraced in the fifth or sixth century, that's a late development. But the earliest observance we can find is around two hundred A.D. So people within the church at two hundred A.D. were actually Um, Already observing this, it just wasn't actually built into the calendar um, until the 6th century. So the church at large acknowledges and embraces Lent around 313, um, and what actually happens is two things. First of all, the most commonly thought um, uh, interpretation of Lent is it's a preparation for Easter, and often it's practiced with some kind of literal fast. In that fast, there's a sense of mourning. There's a sense of of darkness. There's a sense of repentance. In fact, one of the things is you you repent, that you reflect, um, and that you would abstain from something. You fast from something, and that's Lent. And so for a lot of us, we looked at it and we thought, well, I mean, no wonder we don't want anything to do with that. I mean, for for most of us, if we knew anything about it, we meant that for Catholics, they ate uh, fish on Fridays. Some people did you did anybody see anybody with the ashes on on Wednesday? Nobody seriously, huh? You used to, yeah yeah, isn't that cool? So I saw three newscasters, two guys on CNN, one guy on Fox News that had, had wore the ashes all. And you don't have to wear the ashes all day, but oftentimes people do. Uh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Um, there was actually this was really interesting. At a Christian school, if I understand the story correctly, uh, at a Christian school there's uh, a teacher that made a child wash it off of his forehead because she said that it was disrespectful and she said that it was some kind of magic kind of new age. With hopefully they were not a history teacher. That's the only thing I can hope, is that they were not a history teacher at this Christian school. But that's that's kind of what we do. So that's the idea of what Lent is. The other thing that's really interesting about this is that when we look at the origins of um, of Lent, we actually find that in its original form, Lent was called the right of election. So, um, And we think election's a really loaded term, um, especially... It has, it has nothing to do with that kind of election. Um, so the right of election comes from this beautiful thought that from the first moment of creation, God elected or christened Christ and christened all of creation. So when, oftentimes when a baby, depending on the church that you go to or the, the, the practice that you have, Oftentimes, they will have a christening that happens with a baby or a child, right? You've heard of this. It, in our more um, evangelical circles, we, do, we call them baby dedications. But it's the same thing as a christening, right? Um, we just can't say christening because it sounds too Catholic. Um, and so a christening is when you anoint that child and you pray and declare God's blessing upon it and that that child is set apart to serve God. That's a christening, essentially. What the Bible actually teaches is that everything from the beginning of time has been christened. All of creation is christened by God. And notice in christening. C-H. Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh. So the enfleshment or the incarnation of all of creation when in the beginning God created, that is when it was christened. It was christened from the beginning. And Lent, in its original form, is a celebration of a, fea- uh, of a preparation for a feast and resurrection where we actually the christening of that it's the right of election and so what it actually says is remember when paul says to whom god foreknew he also elected and predestined from the foundations of the world remember that weird verse that caused all the unique double predestination stuff where some people are predestined he predestined from the foundation to know god some people were predestined to not know god because that's how god does it like he keeps allowing people to be created so that they'll go to hell what that means. You do realize that when that's literally what that theology says. So we would say that the predestination and predetermination is this thing about who is who gets saved and who doesn't get saved. Actually, if you read what um, what Paul is talking about there, it's talking about that everything has been elected. Everything has been predestined since the beginning. What does that mean? God poured himself into everything because God is love and the identification of love is always self-emptying. If you hear anything I say today, remember that God is love and the definition or the action of love is always defined as self-emptying. But God loves, and he becomes that which he loves. So he, the infleshment, the, the putting on of all of this stuff is what God did because he loved it. That's who he is, and that's what he does. And he then empties himself out into it. So we are at our most God-like. Because we are built on the framework and foundation of love. So then we within Lent, in its origination, it really wasn't a repentance thing because it became that. Like the guilt thing became a big deal. um, The repentance thing became a big deal. It really wasn't that at the beginning. They would actually say when they would talk about this rite of election, that they would say that from the foundation of the world, God has anointed all of creation. This fast was a time to focus on the fact that we were made in love and we focus on the love that is the foundation of our being. The foundation, the DNA of our being is love. And it's most evident when it's poured out. That's why Jesus said greater love has. form is always pouring out, self-emptying, self-sacrificing. So that idea is what this fast was also brought into being with. And we do this, and as we do this, we wrestle with the places in us that reject to surrender to love. Here, let me I'm going to say all that again. This fast was a time to focus on the fact that we were made in love and we focus on the love that is the foundation of our being and as we fast we wrestle with the places in us that reject to surrender to love that's what lent is is it is a fasting or a reflection on the places in us that refuse to be self empty it's a reflection and a fasting from the places, the measures, the, the, the beliefs, the, 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 the walls, the defenses that refuse to be self-sacrificing. However radical we think love is, it's much more radical and extreme than that. It just is. So this fast was a time to embrace all that love was and self-emptying and then in doing so you reject everything else you're rejecting the lie that your being is not formed found and framed by love you're rejecting the lie that your being is not formed found So then when Easter comes, when resurrection comes, then what Paul says makes sense. We were all raised with him and seated in heavenly places. Why? Because we've aligned to this season because think about so a season of 40 days of fasting. Does that sound familiar? Was there ever a time in the Gospels where Jesus might have encountered something? Today, most of the high churches, all of the churches that follow the church calendar and certainly all the churches that follow a a liturgy of some kind or an ecumenical um, structure today are talking about the temptation of the wilderness. That's what you talk about at the first Sunday of Lent. Um, We're not going to do that because it's going to take too much time and it's too good to hurry with. So I'll figure that out another time. But just know that that's the reading for today that most people would be talking about. So during this fast, this 40 days, we're tempted with things that would cause us to be self-preserving. We're tempted internally with things that would cause us to fight for our own power, which is an unwillingness to trust. That's all that is. Fighting for our own power is an unwillingness to trust. And so what what. Stone into bread, you know, uh, casting yourself down from a high place, um, all of those things, fall down and worship me. All of these things are internal things that we have to deal with because as we deal with them, we are becoming contrite and we're rejecting the places in us that refuse to surrender because you can only know love to the degree that you trust. You can only know love to the degree that you trust. So, Fast, we also embrace the fact that we have been elected to exchange in love with the entire universe or cosmos. Now I'm going to sound like a tree hugger, so um, break out the granola um, and uh, and let's go plant some trees. But in this idea of this fast, we embrace the fact that every single thing that has ever um, lived or been, every being, is connected. Just do your own study, and trust me for the moment, but the trees, the clouds, the ground, the grass, the rocks, the dirt, the rivers, the creeks, the oceans, and the stars are our sisters and brothers. of who God is and he spoke love and life into all of it and if you don't believe that then you really have a hard time with the Psalms where it talks about the trees clapping their hands, the rocks crying out the rivers singing with gladness you really, really have a time uh, with Romans chapter 8 where it says that all of creation demonstrates his love and the restoration of the sons, you really have a hard time with the fact that according to the faith that you belong, the first Bible is creation. The first Bible, the first natural thing to tell us who God is and who God is like Celebrated 500 years ago, the printing press. Printing press happened at the same time that the Reformation, the Luther Reformation happened. So we've had this for 500 years. How long have people been worshiping? Let's just hope longer than 500 years. So that being the case, the Bible instructs us, Paul sees it, that it's Christ. And he says this in Colossians, Christ in all things. go to heaven isn't that weird it's just super weird to me because if we do this weird debate about souls like if a dog has a soul or doesn't have a soul that's just a dumb argument isn't it better to start with what the scripture informs us that it is his spirit that animates everything that's alive so his spirit is in that dog You in heaven. That's a whole other argument that probably is based on a bad platform in the first place. But according to the scripture, everything that is in flesh I'm not talking about thoughts and ideas, I'm talking about everything that's ever lived and that includes animals and that includes creation is animated. The spirit and presence of God exists in all of creation, and that includes the little mice that we don't like, and that includes all of those bugs that are going to come out here in the next couple months, and that includes the beautiful leaves that are going to fill the tree. fast. We also remember the fact that we've been uh, elected to exchange in love with the entire universe or cosmos. The ancient call of Lent was a call of love to love. That's what Lent was about. You even find this in the color they used. What was commonly done in the earliest forms of Lent is they would wrap purple um you know we talk about with the seven spirits we would typify that the purple speaks of that that sonship or that royalty that idea is what is what they would do so they would wrap things in purple and they would wrap things in in and when i say wrap things i mean like trees they would wrap trees in purple isn't that wild they would So they would get bolts of fabric, and they would just go wrap rocks and trees and animals in purple. And so if you want to say royalty or you want to say sonship, I don't really care. Whatever you want to call it, that thing is in all things because we live in a Christ-soaked Jacob was out and he poured the oil upon the rock and said, this is the gate of heaven. What was he doing? He was christening creation. He was recognizing that, oh, wait, creation and pres- presence is coming all out of all of creation. It wasn't as if like, you know, we do, and I'm not negating the, the, the thing that that story tells, but it's, it, he wasn't looking for the portal hole to pour the oil on. That's not what it was about. What he was saying is there's something bigger here. Creation is engaging in this presence thing. And then Paul goes on and says, creation groans and moans and intercedes for, this, for the um, uh, revealing of the sons. That idea is something that is deeply intrinsic to this. And we get to exchange in that. That's what this season of Lent's all about. So in this season, as we close out the winter and we move into the spring, I encourage you to stand in the grass with bare feet. with creation i encourage you to find and interact with the presence of god in all things when you go out and you're sitting in the tree stand or you're going out that's for linda not anybody else uh when you are uh you know driving down the road and you're seeing the flowers coming alive that is not possible apart from his presence We use things like calves from stalls and lions and lambs. We're using creation to typify what heaven's going to be like. I just think we might be missing a portion of that. So I would encourage all of us as we um, enjoy this Lenten season that we would remember that it is to the degree that we surrender or trust we love not about faith. I, there are, I'm going to make a list of words that I, I want to I just shelf for a while. For me, not for any of you. You can, you, can, you can keep all the words you want. But one of them might be faith. Because I was, it was so beat into me that there was something I had to do. I had to have enough faith that god would move i had to work it up there was a faith meter in me and once that thing hit 100 uh, then i could pray for people and they'd be healed then i could ask god to do something that would happen it is so tied into striving when in reality the actual word is trust the actual word in the greek is trust much more sense because then it is that thing of so faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen trust is the evidence of things hoped for the 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 idea that this thing isn't there yet and i don't i i have to have trust because otherwise i can't see it and so what What I think is beautiful about that is faith requires me and the way I've been taught. Faith requires me to strive. Trust requires me to surrender. Trust only requires my yielding. So then in that regard, I can literally surrender into his arms and think about what that would mean. How many times have we told people they need to get resaved? And you're supposed to have the prayer of faith. Oh, the fervent prayer of faith of the righteous man avails much it's this whole thing it's this built-in language it's trust it's trust it's trust it's trust it's trust trust. so then in that regard i don't need to have enough faith that you'll be healed i just need to learn to trust him to a greater degree because the beauty is then to the degree i trust him i'm also able to engage in love which is where i operate at affirmation on steroids in that regard because the being that i was designed with is operating in alignment to the being that designed me. Love to love. That's how we exist. Trust, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Goodness, yes. So, all right. Well, thank you all. Uh, Oh, I I will show you this just really quick. It's kind of cool. So this is a breakdown of the Christian calendar in case you want to see it. You can Google this, um, but it's kind of neat to see how they break it out. And it, it shows, you can see January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. kind of goes around the circle then. and um, But notice the green, that's called ordinary time. So essentially our year is broken into six months of ordinary time, which is non-fasting, feasting, dedicated church time. And then... The rest of it, which we've aligned with so far, we did Advent, we did Christmas season, not the day. We did Epiphany, and and then that led us into Lent. Then we're coming into Easter, and then to Pentecost or the Ascension Feast, and then we're back into ordinary time again. That's how the church calendar breaks down. So literally from like June, end of May, beginning of June, until uh, the end of November, when we start the Advent season, it's ordinary time. And we'll we can talk about what or ordinary is not really a great word because ordinary just makes it seem like nah, it's just ordinary. How was how your how was your stake, sir? Well, it was ordinary. It's not that kind of ordinary. Um, but it, it it is an interesting thing to see how this breaks out and how when we're doing this, we're literally aligning with what Paul did. We're aligning with what origin did. We're aligning with. St. Gregory of Nyssa, who determined what the Christian creed is, did. We're aligning with what Mother Teresa did. We're aligning with all of these ones that that followed this journey and this path. And to me, that's a beautiful thing. We get to belong to something bigger than us. This is the body of Christ moving together. So, Father, we love you, we thank you, and we embrace all that you have for us in this Lenten season, we ask you that you would cause our hearts to be um, to be open before you. Cause the ways that we um, connect with one another to be in uh, self-emptying, in in love, in self-sacrifice, in relationship. Help us, Father, that we would be a people um, that. Everything down for love and that when we learn of you and glean things of who you are, anything that we would then try to prop up is something we can trust in. Help us to lay that down so that we can know you in love again. Help us that we would not, uh, as it says in the scriptures, not trust in chariots. Not trust in soldiers, not trust in beliefs, not trust in religion, not trust in the things that we were taught, but that our trust would be found in you, in you alone. We thank you and love you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. God bless you all. Have a good rest of your Sunday. And we'll see. You thank you for listening to this message from Harvest House Church. For more information, find us online at harvesthouse.blog.